Do you like coffee? I know that you do, and that's why I want to tell you about Fresh Roasted Coffee. Fresh Roasted is a locally owned and operated coffee house right here in central Pennsylvania that is committed to providing the highest quality coffee on earth. They do so by sourcing only the freshest coffee beans and by using the most eco-friendly roasting technology in the world. Fresh Roasted's USDA certified organic coffee beans ensure that your coffee is consistently regulated at each stage of the production process and completely free of GMOs and harmful synthetic substances. Fresh Roasted Coffee roasts their beans per order with immediate packaging and shipping directly to your door, meaning that you get to experience fresh coffee at its peak drinkability. That's what I like. I was introduced to Fresh Roasted Coffee soon after moving to Central Pennsylvania, and I'm so happy I was because I think it's literally the best coffee out there. Their Blackbeard's Revenge blend is out of this world good. Whether you use a regular drip coffee maker or a pour-over or a French press, however you get your coffee fix, make it fresh roasted. Go to the link in the notes for this show and use the offer code GRACE10 at checkout. That's offer code GRACE10 at checkout to get a discount on your next order. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Ministry Minded Podcast, a show that seeks to marvel at the mercy of God in our messy ministries. I'm, of course, your host, Pastor Brad Gray. I serve as the senior pastor of Stonington Baptist Church in Paxinos, Pennsylvania. And oh my gosh, it's it's been a while. Uh, so you might be surprised when this episode came up in your podcast feed, uh, not the least of which because the artwork looks different, which we'll get to in a little bit. But uh, my last episode of this podcast was all the way back, if you can believe this, in September of 2021. So, uh, yeah, <clears throat> it's it's been a while. Uh, there's been uh, a lot going on. A lot's been happening uh, around the family, around the church, just in general. And I, I know, I know that this is not like the most um, sort of life-changing confession, just to say that there's been a lot going on. Everyone has a lot going on, it feels like. Um, I, that's something that probably should be explored more, even <laughs> uh, on my uh, own sort of uh, thinking and just ruminating, just uh, why does it feel uh, like everything is busy all the time. Uh, the, the easy and perhaps the right answer is probably the easiest answer and vice versa, uh, probably just the internet, aka social media. Uh, I think that makes things, things feel a lot busier, perhaps than what they really are, or just perhaps we're getting involved in more things. But regardless, uh, I don't want to digress on that. There's just been a lot of stuff going on the last several months. Uh, and um, But you know, I I've been wanting to get back at podcasting for a while. I've just missed it. I've missed kind of thinking out loud about stuff. Hopefully you've been enjoying uh, some of the content on the blog, uh, things that you've been finding helpful, finding refreshing. Um, Hopefully you've been enjoying some of the longer uh, uh, essays I've been able to put together. Um, uh, But hopefully you've been enjoying a lot of stuff I've put on there and finding a lot of encouragement. But there's been so, uh, there's been stuff that I've wished I could have talked about or um, or just kind of 
uh, thought about, and, 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 and I've missed doing that through this sort of platform, um, which is really what this podcast really is. It's, it's really just gearing towards thinking ministerially about um, our present world, the, the things that are going on in it, and the, the things that are going on in the church, the things that uh, I'm reading, the things that are going on uh, in the ta- entertainment world. How do, how do we think about those things in terms of ministry to others, ministry to ourselves, and so on and so forth? So um, uh, hopefully uh, uh, my goal is to sort of get back to a every other Friday sort of schedule with this podcast. Um and uh, hopefully I can stick to that. Uh, I'm not making any promises. Uh, hopefully you won't uh, come at me with uh, pitchforks and torches or anything because I, I'm not able to stick to that. <laughs> hopefully I will be able to, Lord willing, uh, just so I can, you know, talk out loud, think out loud, share stuff that I otherwise wouldn't or that I just, you know, there's some stuff that I don't uh, feel, <laughs> and maybe that's just a weak word, but that I don't feel inspired enough to write about. But I do want to explore it, and sometimes I can do that just through thinking off the cuff and, and, and talking. So um, just uh, just the quick note of where I've been. Um, so September 2021, obviously, that was right, uh, right before uh, Natalie and I welcomed our newest little one, Bailey, into the world. So she is going to be uh, eight months this month. Uh, which is really hard to believe that it's been eight months since she came into our lives. Uh, we have loved having Bailey. Lydia and Braxton, our other two little ones, they are just enjoying uh, having this sort of third wheel uh, in the mix. And uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how she uh, plays alongside them when she's able to be more mobile and stuff. But we've so enjoyed having Bailey. She's such a joy in our lives. Uh, and we've uh, we have just been so thankful for how God has blessed our family. He's blessed our home. We're able, we've been doing a lot of uh, projects around our house, and and that's been enjoyable. We're doing some projects around the church as well. So uh, hopefully, if you go over to the Stonington Baptist Church newsletter, you can see some photos of that. And of course, on top of all of that, I've been doing some book writing, of course. Uh, I'm excited to say that um, I'm in the editing process so I, I don't, who knows how long that's going to take, and I'm not um, uh, trying to rush through that or anything. So I, I want to be able to share the story um, that I feel like God has uh, uh, put upon my heart uh, to write about the, uh, not just story, but the experience that um, me and my family have, have been through, and just relating that to a theology of suffering, but also to a hope of suffering and the grace that we find in suffering. So it's it's so interesting. Uh, I'll just share this little tidbit that kind of where the book is now is not really where I anticipated it being when I initially started. And I think maybe that's what every author will tell will tell you. I don't know. Um, maybe everyone who's written a book will just say that, <laughs> you know, uh, it'll take you in a direction that you didn't expect to be um, uh, to arrive at. But um, anyways, regardless, I'm, I'm really excited to see what God does through that book and through hopefully um, uh, many ministry opportunities to come as a result. So um, just some... Uh, I. I Last year, when I was doing this podcast on the on the regular, uh, I had some segments. So one new segment that I'm going to introduce 
Uh, so usually I do like, what did I preach on? What am I reading? What's been helpful and what you should remember? So uh, right before that, I want to introduce a new segment, which is just, what about this? And maybe it'll be something uh, from perhaps the broader spectrum of the news cycle or whatever that uh, hits me or inspires me or that I just feel like is worthy of talking about. Um, so uh, in this week's What About This, uh, I just wanted to spend a little bit of time and just... Uh, reflect, but also just rejoice, and I don't think that's too strong of a word, uh, over the facelift uh, Grace Upon Grace has gotten recently. Uh, you may have noticed that all the new imagery, all the new colors, all the new uh, branding, if you will, I don't really like to um, use that term in a personal sense, but it is somewhat of a brand, I guess. So Grace Upon Grace uh, was... Uh, just, I'm so thankful to have all these new logos and all that kind of stuff, all thanks to uh, my dear friend. Her name is Sarah Bordner. Uh, her business is Paint by S, uh, and I've, I was so happy to meet her and her husband, Jordan, uh, when they were here in Pennsylvania. Uh, they are now living in North Carolina, and she still does a lot of mural work and graphic design work, and uh, I just randomly hit her up and was... Uh, asking her like if this is something she would like to do, and I was looking for a change, and I wanted to uh, have something on the blog that I feel like really represented me. And so the facelift that Grace Upon Grace has gotten recently, I think really, really does fit that bill. Um, uh, if you go to graceupongrace.net slash welcome, you'll see uh, the brand new banner uh, which just has this image of a hand with a nail in its wrist and blood pouring through it and over it and out of it. And um, just, of course, the striking um, and the stunning image that that is, I think perfectly encapsulates what I've always tried to do through Grace Upon Grace, which is to point people to Jesus, point people to the place where um, everything is settled once for all, to drive people to the foot of the cross where this blood is found as, you know, the fountain of life, uh, of true life, of true hope, of true meaning. And um, just having that image there always now speaks to me in a way that I think um, hasn't always before. And um, I'm so thankful that I, I was able to uh, work with Sarah. She was just wonderful to work with. Uh, and again, I'm not, maybe I am, I don't know, but, uh, I, I am trying to plug her, uh, because I really want her to, uh, to continue to succeed. She's, she's awesome. She, she does a lot of great mural stuff. And I think that this, when we were talking initially, and I just had this image in my mind when I thought about the idea of grace upon grace, uh, the, the first image was this idea of a waterfall. So having this idea of a hand with, blood coming off of its fingers as sort of this waterfall, but also this fountain, this this river of grace uh, being poured out on sinners is just this wonderful way to encapsulate, I think, what the gospel is and what I endeavor to, to do through all of these resources and writings. It's just to point people to that. So um, I'm really thankful for it. And you'll, you'll notice too that my sermons podcast got a different uh, updated branding. Uh, my sermons are now under the banner of Prodigal Hope, a collection of sermons from yours truly. And um, I was thinking that I wanted to just get away from the title of just, you know, sermons. Um, but I wanted to make it a little bit more striking. And I think that for me, one of the things that I haven't been able to shake 
lately is just the notion of hope in such a world and life that is somewhat hopeless. You look at the news, you look at the uh, things that come out of all the different media outlets, you scroll your news feed, and uh, very easily I would say there is a life that is out there that's pretty readily available that's pretty hopeless, or it feels that way. It feels as if, you know, there's there's no light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. Um, and so this idea that in Jesus, in the gospel, in the scriptures that he gives us, not only do we have this tremendous resource of providence, but I would say that that providence that is there throughout all of history, throughout all of life, definitely gives us this sense of prodigal hope that's almost seemingly outlandish. It um, uh, it doesn't even feel like it belongs in a world that is so dour, um, and yet that's <laughs> that's the truth of it. That's the truth that we live in. That's the, the reality that we grasp. However feebly, we live in a world that is filled with prodigal hope, and that sounds like a counterintuitive message. We see the things that go on in our country, that go on in the global scene, and it doesn't feel like it's hopeful at all. And yet, because of Christ, we know that uh, what is on the surface isn't always what is. And I think that that really represents what I hope to always point people to throughout every sermon that I deliver, whether it be in the Old or the New Testament, uh, regardless of where I am, I want to point people to the prodigal hope that we have in Jesus. And uh, hopefully you will find tremendous blessing there. Uh, And of course, Ministry Minded got a little bit of an update, and I'm thankful for that. Everything kind of fits the bill. I'm excited for that. Uh, If you didn't know, I also do a little bit of dabbling and publishing um, just through self-published works. So if you go to the About page, you'll scroll down a little ways and see Grace Upon Grace Publishing. I'm excited to sort of get into that a little bit more. I have some exciting titles that um, are going to be re-edited and republished here. Um, titles that are out of copyright that I think should be known and seen and read by a lot wider of an audience. That's sort of what um, I, uh, that's sort of my goal behind all of all of those titles there. So, uh, yeah, take a gander across Grace Upon Grace, and you'll see a lot of exciting um, images and, and and logos that I think, um, yeah, that I think uh, that just will fit fit the bill of what I hope to accomplish, but also represent really what my message is. Again, shout out, huge shout out to Sarah. Thank you. Thank you. Everything looks amazing. I'm so happy with how it turned out. So um, if you have some graphic design needs, hit Sarah up. <laughs> uh, hopefully you'll take advantage of that. But uh, I'm, I'm so grateful for the work that she did, and uh, I couldn't be happier with how it looks. Um, just a quick sort of update on what I'm preaching on. Uh, I'm still going through First and Second Kings, so still plugging away on that. Uh, this coming Sunday... Um, I will be preaching out of 2 Kings chapter 14, and so next week I'll try and do some recapping of where we've been in that series. In the evenings, I finished up Philippians, and now I'm in the prophecy of Malachi, and I've really been enjoying that so far, so this week I'll be in Malachi chapter 2. So um, next week or the week after, I don't know when I'm going to start the every other Friday sort of thing. But um, regardless, uh, 
very soon I'll, I'll be able to give you good summaries of what I've been learning in those. Uh, really, really grateful for those sermon series. It's They've been a joy to get through. They've been wonderful to preach through. Um, hopefully, if you go to, again, if you go to Prodigal Hope on the Grace Upon Grace site, you can find all of those sermons that I've been able to uh, deliver in both of those books. Um, what am I reading right now? Well, I actually just finished a book that I'd like to talk about for just a moment um, that I was recommended to. Uh, I can't even remember now where. Um, <laughs> but anyways, it's by Kelly M. Capick. Uh, it's entitled Embodied Hope, A Theological Meditation on Pain and Suffering. Um, it has been a tremendous read. I just recently finished it, and essentially what Kelly does is he goes through just a wide spectrum of how to think about suffering from a theological standpoint. And he delves into how it points us to the cross, obviously drives us to the cross, how it points us to uh, the harsh realities of life um, in which there's almost constant struggle, and how also, too, that there's hope and and joy to be found as we struggle and suffer together. This, I think there was a lot of great points that he made in the last section, which he entitled Life Together, which is just a, a trio of chapters in which he talks about suffering and community and that sort of idea and, and being there for one another. Um, and I, I just really enjoyed this book. It was a great... Uh, a great reflection. There was a there was some personal uh, personality to it. Um, it wasn't too academic. It wasn't too um, sort of esoteric, if you will. It was very um, down to earth in in many ways, but also raising our minds, raising our thoughts to seeing exactly uh, what the hope we can have in the suffering. And it's it's really it's that. Perhaps all too simple, and perhaps it's simple only because we've heard it so many times. It's just that idea that there is someone who promises and actually uh, delivers on that promise of solidarity with us um, when we are suffering. And I think, um, I'll just read you this quote from the end of the book. He says, Kelly does, quote, In Jesus, the Son of God, we suffer, we excuse me we discover god's solidarity with us not just a fellow feeling but a redemptive solidarity he absorbs our sin and enters our pain including our physical suffering and even death not merely to better understand it but in order to overcome it and i think that really encaptures um, and encapsulates the the message of embodied hope. So uh, I recommend it to you. It's it's a good read. It's an encouraging read, and I think you'll benefit just by uh, what Capic endeavors to explore and uh, kind of reflect upon um, throughout all of the chapters. Um, what's been helpful? Uh, two things. Really quick, and then I'll leave you for today. Um, the first one is an article by C.J. Green, uh, one of his latest essays for Mockingbird, entitled, The Demons Are Not What You Think You Are, or what they... Wow, I messed that up. Let me do it again. Quote, the title is, The Demons Are Not What You Think They Are. Um, and essentially what he does here is he kind of reflects on the... Uh, the current age that we're living in, again, the age of the internet and the nature of the self and how the internet informs 
the self and vice versa and all those sorts of things. I mean, this is not, I mean, these sorts of ideas are, are, are not new or perhaps they're not entirely novel, but they are, I think, incredibly helpful. Um, I, I think we can kind of become numb to these ideas that, oh, the internet is bad and the internet is what's wrong with the world. And in many ways, I think there's something to that. But I think in, in other ways, what the internet has just allowed many to see and to do is just it gives a platform to the things that were within our heart all along. I think really when you boil it down to what you have on social media is just this wide open stage upon which all of the uh, all of the uncleanness and in the putrid thoughts of the human heart and mind are able to just have their have their way with with reckless abandon if you will uh, it kind of gets back to what Jesus talks about in Mark chapter 7 that it's not what goes into the mouth that makes a man unclean it's what comes out of it it was what comes out of his heart and these things come out of their heart and the internet kind of just gives opportunity for that to be uh, to to come out to be displayed to be on the on the open stage so to speak, uh, but what stuck out to me most is actually from the introduction of his article where CJ is sort of introducing this idea as he gets into it. But it's something that I feel like just kind of burrowed its way in my brain for a while. Um, so he writes this quote: Justin E. H. Smith writes in his new book, "The Internet is not what you think it is. I do not understand of myself what is advertisement and what is not advertisement." And C.J. continues, it's a haunting idea once it really worms into your mind. What is myself and what is an ad? What do I put out only to get something back? It's simply not clear to me. It's also not clear what of others. It's not just an advertisement to me. Thanks to a swift convergence of things, the gig economy, social media, in short, the internet, it's surprisingly difficult to find someone who isn't selling something of themselves. And if you ever do find this person, they usually do not have much of an online, quote, presence, end quote. And I think there's something to that that CJ is getting at in this essay, and it goes on for much longer than that. But I think it's just this idea that there's something to social media that makes us almost become salesmen. And, and I, to be honest and to be frank, I have had to preach the same message to myself, this idea of, if, if, am, I, I am I selling myself? Uh, am I actually sharing or am I sharing to look to get something reciprocated back to me? Am I looking to get a kickback? Uh, 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 am I doing something out of the goodness of my heart, and I would say most often, I think if we really boil it down to it, most of most of social media is not out of some sense of goodness; it's out of some sense of we want something in return. Um, and I think that's just the nature of the human heart. We are reckless and uh, depraved to the core. Um, even our goodness is something that Jesus deemed worthy of dying for. Um, and that God in heaven uh, declared necessary to redeem, um, and that is that covers everything, including those seemingly altruistic posts on social media that seem like they're inherently good. Uh, God still was like, I need to die for that, and I think that there's a way in which we struggle with this idea of 
what am I doing? I think you can even see this with like YouTube influencers. Uh, there, that's this is a conversation that perhaps is better for another time. But um, there's been many who have come out and been very sort of open with just this idea that, yeah, I I'm struggling with um, deciphering between what's what's content and what's life when you're doing these everyday sort of posts, these everyday sort of uh, pieces of content that you're making for people. So often that line gets blurred to where you have no sense of what's an ad and what's what's real, what's my true personality. And, and I think there's something to that when where I think it, what's being revealed is, you know, that we're not necessarily made to be putting ourselves out there all the time. Um, and to just making our lives an endless stream of, of content and information. Um, and I think what you'll see, and, and I'm no prognosticator, I'm no prophet by any stretch of the imagination, but what I do feel like is happening, and I think that you can see this in a lot of different venues, is just the idea that the internet is sort of taking its toll on a generation in which you're seeing some of the effects that we weren't necessarily aware of before so long ago when the internet was just coming out, they're really, they're really coming to bear, coming, coming to light now um, with some of the, the, not just the mental health, but the, the anxiousness, the, the, the struggle with identity and all those sorts of things. That obviously, I'm not saying that the internet is the problem with that. It, again, it exacerbates the inner problem that there is sin that is within us, and that sin needs to be uh, uh, put to death. And the only way to do that is through the hope that Jesus gives us, through the promise that Jesus gives us, that he has put sin to death on the cross. So um, I, I liked CJ's article. It was, it, was, it was a fascinating read. It was helpful uh, to me this week. And I think reflecting on that sort of piece, uh, that idea of the internet exacerbating man's sin is something that's always helpful, always worthy of reflecting on. The other thing that I thought was helpful is um, sticking in the same sort of family. Uh, I was able to attend uh, the Mockingbird Conference in New York City uh, a couple of weeks ago at the end of April, actually. And uh, it was just what a wonderful time with uh, the friends uh, that I have over at Mockingbird. And I got to meet a lot of people. Shout out to Todd Brewer, uh, my editor over at Mockingbird. Well, everyone's ever editor over at Mockingbird. He uh, has edited all of the pieces that I've put up on the site, and uh, what a great time it was meeting him for the first time in the flesh. And uh, so, shout out to you, Todd. Thank you uh, for just your hospitality and your your welcome. Uh, but it was a great time uh, those days that I was there. I wanted to highlight one of the uh, one of the best talks, if you will, that I have been able to. Uh, that I was able to hear and listen to, and it's just, <laughs> it has just burrow, burred its way into my brain ever since. And it was a breakout talk by Sam Bush entitled The Hope of Humor, in which he explores the idea of, of comedy um, in light of the gospel, in light of truth, in, 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 as he explores the nature of what makes something humorous, he likewise, I think, explores, as he so eloquently shows and, and, and covers, what makes grace 
so true, but also so absurd in some ways. Um, and, you know, he was just making this, he, he was boiling it down. He, he's sort of making this case that what makes something truly comedic is, is it's, it's, it's a threat that has been made benign. So like when someone falls down the stairs and they laugh at themselves, that sort of self-deprecation makes what is something, something on the surface is, is, you know, threatening falling down the stairs. It's been made benign by this self-deprecation, this self-sacrifice, this humiliation that the, that the person, the, we could say the victim, um, uh, puts upon themselves and he he made this incredible statement within this talk where he says why can we laugh in the face of death because it's a threat that has been made benign in and through the resurrection and just this idea that comedy is a great reflection of the gospel of grace is just such a tremendous sort of thought exercise but then you see again too that that's the that's the the otherworldly joy that we have in the resurrection that it it takes what is a threat and turns it benign because of death because of the passion and death of the one who deprecates himself on behalf of we who are sinners and of course that's Christ that's what he's doing in the cross he's putting himself in harm's way he's putting himself in the place of abject shame and and cruelty and horror and he is turning the world upside down as a result and what a hopeful reflection that was uh, i challenge you i encourage you to listen to that talk by Sam. It was it was a great. It was a good meeting him too. Um, shout out to Sam. It was good seeing you there. I was glad that we could make an acquaintance, and uh, I was so encouraged by his talk. It was it was absolutely incredible. Um, that's what I hope that you remember. Uh, that's what I want to leave you with. Uh, thank you for listening. It's been good um, thinking out loud again. Hopefully you enjoy this uh, again. I hope to start doing these uh, every other Friday and coming to you and just hopefully encouraging you with some words um, from uh, everywhere, the things I've been learning, things I've been thinking of, and uh, hopefully you'll find this enjoyable. So again, thanks for listening. Hope you've been blessed. Uh, of course, you can always find Ministry Minded on anywhere you get podcasts. Uh, go to Substack, uh, look up Grace Upon Grace, go to graceupongrace.net, find the Ministry Minded page, and you can find where you can make sure to get all of your podcasting needs through there. I appreciate all of your encouragement, your support, your your listens, your your comments, your, your notes of encouragement. So thank you so much. I appreciate you. I'll see you in the next episode. Blessings. Blessings.